what do you, what do you mean you got to go out? Now, come come on, you, you you can take us with you, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm telling you. Download TuneIn Radio, OO Tunes, the Radio Player Canada app. Great apps in which to take AMI audio with you. Just download them to your smart device, and and then okay, away you go. Get out there, go on. That's okay then. But want to make sure that you can hear us live between two and four p.m. Eastern, or the repeat of the program at five p.m. Eastern. I'm Kelly McDonald, host of the program at the Home Studio in London, Ontario. And now it's time to visit, as we do every week on the program with Danielle McLaughlin. And this is our Know Your Rights segment. Let's examine questions that can't be answered by a simple yes or no. Join me, Danielle McLaughlin, when we talk about how freedoms collide on Know Your Rights. Oh boy, let's talk about uproar. Last week, United States of America, uh, the U.S. Justice Department executed a search on Donald Trump's Florida home. Needless to say, not impressed. Whoa. He claims the search, of course, was illegal. Um, now here, Danielle, in Canada, uh, we have the charter, uh, a chart. Sorry, I'm going to let you tell us about this here so that I don't mess <laughs> it up. But uh, no, he wasn't too, too impressed. No, he wasn't impressed. And this is a, a, a uh, an ongoing story. And I have to say that, I don't know, schadenfreude or something, but I'm really enjoying watching the cha- the changing reasons that he's giving But here in Canada, uh, we have a Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and Section 8 of that charter says that we all have the right to be free from unreasonable search and seizure. Not all search and seizure, but unreasonable search and seizure. So what does that even mean? You know, how do you know, right? How do you know if a search is reasonable? Well, you know, one of the first ways that you know that it's reasonable, well, there are two very basic. One is you give permission. So if I say, oh, Kelly, can I look in that bag you've got on the back of the chair? And you say, sure, then it becomes a reasonable search because you let me do it, right? And if I were a police officer, then that would be under under the law. If I have good reason to suspect that you have something that is dangerous uh, or the uh, ill-gotten gains of a crime in that bag, I will have to go and get a search warrant in order to do that. Now, a search warrant isn't just a piece of paper that says you have permission to go, go, you know, on a fishing trip in Kelly's house. Right. A search in order to get a search warrant, I will have to, if I'm a police officer, go before a judge and I will have to tell the judge what I'm looking for, where I'm looking for it. In other words, I can't just look any old place. I have to be specific, like in, uh, you know, in Kelly's bathroom or, you know, underneath his mattress or something. Um, and I have to tell the judge why I think it there that this object that I'm looking for or this, you know, these documents in the Trump case I'm looking for are there. So in, in the Trump case, um, obviously, they had asked repeatedly for Trump to return things that didn't belong to him, that belonged to the White House. Um, and he had not complied with the request. So he hadn't given permission. That would have been a reasonable search. if he, Or if he had just handed it over, then they wouldn't right. have even had to think about a search. But the reason that we have this right is complex. And the reason that I say that it's complex is because even though our charter doesn't say we have the right to privacy, it is implicit in the fact that we there has to be a reasonable cause for a search. Now, the United States Constitution has, um, you know, Amendment Number Four, which gives them the same right—the right to be free from an un- unreasonable search and seizure. They do have a written right to privacy, however. So we assume 
that unless there's an awfully good reason, nobody has the right to look at your stuff. Now, this does not apply to mothers and teenage children. So if a mother says, um, I believe you have all the glassware under the bed in your bedroom, I'm going in to get it. The kid may say, no, you, you can't come into my room. The mother has the lawful right to go in and get all that glassware <laughs> that the kids, you know, slowly brought in into the bedroom. Police officers are agents of the government. And so for agents of the government, and obviously in the United States, the Justice Department is is government and mm-hmm. the police executing that search are agents of the government. They have to show what it is they're looking for. As I say, no fishing expeditions are permitted. But here's the tricky thing that most people don't get. Just because you find something does not make that search lawful. So if I were to say, um, you know, I'm, uh, you know, we, we think Kelly has uh, an illegal gun. We're going to go into his bedroom and we're going to find an illegal gun. And, um, you say, you have no reason to believe I have an illegal gun. You think I have an illegal gun because you don't like me very much. And you don't have any reason to, to believe that I've purchased it or that I have, um, you know, got it from somebody that, that I've ever used it. You have no rationale for this. And we go in and we find an illegal gun. That does not make the search legal you could still claim that it was an unlawful search based on the grounds that there was no prior reason to going in to look for that gun. And that's complicated. In other complicated. words, they just happened to find a gun yeah. or somebody made a guess or somebody, you know, uh, right. who, who they don't know could have squit snitched on or said something, made some kind of, it's kind of like you, you dislike a neighbor, say that they've yes. got something or you saw them with something, they come in, mm-hmm. they raid the house and actually find something or vice versa. Uh, Danielle, uh, what about, can I go back to the same thing about the bag that you talked about earlier? Sure. If the police say, well, we want to look in that bag, if you're stopped walking somewhere mm-hmm. and whatever, yeah. well, somebody said they saw you waving a gun around, we want to look in that bag. Mm-hmm. You're right to say, no exists, but their right to arrest you under suspicion exists. Exactly. Is that correct? That's right. So the first question that you ask is, am I under arrest? If the answer is no, you say, do I have the right to leave? If the answer is yes, say goodbye. Um, if you are under arrest, all of that changes. So they can do searches incident to arrest. So once you've been arrested, um, they can do some searches. Now, one of the things that has happened in Canada and in the United States, and I'm sure other jurisdictions as well, is there have been claims that in order to secure the safety of the arresting officers, they have to do a strip search. So we have had cases of people strip searched on public streets because police officers suspect they might have something. Uh, The person says no, They then arrest them. And in order to ensure they have nothing that could be dangerous to the arresting officer or to the person, him or herself, they do a strip search. These have gone to court um, and the law has become quite a bit more specific on when police have the right to do a strip search. And believe me, out in the public, unless there is clear and present danger, is not a place to do it. Well, I have a wonderful story about a strip search. And this one, you know... Everybody has their favorite stories, but this one is is one of mine. Back when Chrétien was prime minister, uh, there were 
a fair number of protests against some of his policies. And he had traveled to Vancouver and people had had on social media talked about pieing him. In other words, throwing, throwing a cream pie at him. Well, a man was out in, in public. It, he was in his car and um, the police found him suspicious. Nobody particularly knows why. He was arrested. His car was searched and then he was taken back to the police station where he was strip searched on the suspicion that he was going to throw a pie at the prime minister. Now, I don't know where you normally keep your pastry, but it's usually not in places where a strip search would find it. So this man, who happened to be a lawyer um, and happened, in fact, to have worked for the B.C. Civil Liberties Association. Wow. Took. Yeah, I know. Right. He took the police to court. He sued and he sued them for something interesting. He, He didn't just sue them for you know, the embarrassment, the inconvenience, the, the, the that sort of thing. He sued them for an infringement of his charter right to be free from unreasonable search and seizure. This is the Ward case. Now, Mr. Ward actually won the case and he won, which was at that time, the first settlement for a breach of charter rights. So not only did he get to tell the Vancouver police, you don't get to do that, he also got to say, it's going to cost you if you breach somebody's charter rights unreasonably. But just the idea that somebody would think that you're going to throw a pie and that they can then all holds are, you know, everything's off. You can do whatever you want to that person because you suspect they're going to throw a pie for no reason. Um, Obviously, that that was not a, a good a good so choice. What puzzle? What well, not puzzles me. I, I'm interested to know that the choosing of what method, what we were going to, the violation of of the rights in in that capacity, that way, versus a public embarrassment, disgrace. Just you know what I mean in in mm-hmm. doing what they did. Um, I'm certainly sure, especially with the legal aspects and the the knowledge of what to do. There there was a reason for this kind of going after not just you know the lawsuit getting the money or the money that would be paid off to someone put in this position but a lot of time people would say well you embarrassed me you degrade and a lot of lawyers would probably just go with that is that the lesser kind of thing to go with it it is actually um and you know that it could have been settled right there at a lower court but mr ward wanted to get this to to get all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada, which he succeeded in doing. And that at really showed that uh, there is a, a large penalty for breaching somebody's charter rights. It's not it's not a little tap on the wrist. And it wasn't the money that particularly interested him. It was the principle. Right. So, you know, and, and, and that that really is um, an important thing. Now, the thing about getting a search warrant as I said before, is that in order for a a search to be reasonable, you have to have reasons. And I've mentioned this before, something reasonable, there there has to be a reason. Well, there is another case that I find quite interesting and it's the case of, of Mr. Patrick. Now, the police suspected that this man was running a a meth lab uh, in his home and they didn't have any evidence upon which they could get a search warrant. What they did in order to get this evidence was they waited for garbage day. 
And on garbage day, they got hold of the his garbage bags that had been left out at his property property line, opened them up and found uh, drug residue on plastic gloves and and uh, you know things that would really indicate that something was going on there. Mm-hmm. He then, or his lawyer, I should say, took the case to court and said that the primary search, the search of his garbage, was an unreasonable search because he has a privacy interest in his garbage and that they should have had a warrant to search the garbage, a warrant they could never have got because they had no evidence upon which to base it. The evidence they found in the garbage was what gave them then uh, the ability to get a search warrant to search his home, which they did, and he was arrested on, you know, on, on, on drug laws. Um, but the question is, do you have a privacy interest in your garbage? And I, I'm going to make this hard because I don't actually know the answer. I mean, I, I know what the, the Supreme Court said, but that's not, that's not the answer. It's an answer. So, Kelly, imagine that you've thrown out your kitchen garbage. And after you've thrown it out, you think, oh, gee, you know, when I was cleaning up, I think I swept my watch into the garbage. And you go out looking for your garbage bag. Is it still yours? Um, I'm going to say no. But I also then get, of course, American law mixed in with the nine-tenths of the law thing. Yeah. Well... And I'm not sure where that kind of thing places. I mean, in theory, you've put it into a bag from your home. You've put it at your curb. But whether, yeah. you, whether what if it's found at the dump? Well, okay. So that becomes an interesting question. So that you just asked a, a, an excellent question is like, where's your garbage when you look? Right. So if it's on the inside of your property line and you remember you've probably thrown your watch out by accident and you go through it, there's there's no breach of any any law. Your assumption when you put the garbage out is that you have left it out for a specific purpose, and that is to be picked up by the, uh, the, the, the people who pick up garbage, right? Right. Okay. So if you put your garbage out and you say, yep, this is garbage. I don't want it anymore. How would you feel about your neighbor going through it? Yeah, you would think something's up. You would say, what right? are you doing? But, yeah. but again, I come from the era where whenever you put things out for the big garbage pickup years ago, people came by and you often hope, gosh, I hope somebody picks that up so I don't have to actually pay to get rid of it now. Or if you put out a bag of clothes... Right. And you're, you know, and you, it, it gets grabbed by your neighbor before, you know, the, the uh, people from the Diabetes Association, it comes by right. to pick it up or something. You don't get too upset about that. Or, again, going back to your watch, what if you donated clothes and realized, oh, my gosh, my watch was in the jeans I put in there? Right. You, you know, so, usually you can go to the place and they'll give it to you. So that's that's the question. It is, you know, what's the purpose of putting it out? If you've put it out to give away, that's one thing. If you've put it out to be picked up by by the, uh, the the city garbage trucks, that's another thing. So in this particular case, um, the man, Mr. Patrick, said, I still have a proprietary interest in it while it's sitting in front of my house. Um, he didn't win the case. But I think that it is really interesting because do you know what happens to evidence when a court decides that it is has been produced as a result of an illegal search? Mm. Well, I would like to think it's, depending on what it is, of course, given back to the person. But if yeah. it's an illegal 
like like that gun that we talked about. Right. Uh, it's 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 probably going to unless you can produce papers for it or whatever, it's going to be seized. Well, that's right. But so that's why search and seizure are separate. So if the police have seized that mysterious gun of yours, Kelly, and the court says that was an illegal search, then they have to throw it out as evidence. They can't say Kelly is the one who uh, has used this gun because they got it illegally. And that, that there goes the evidence in the case. Will you get it back or not depends on a whole lot of other factors, right? And again, (laughs) if you can prove it's yours. But I think we have to understand that the right to be free from unreasonable search and seizure is a very important right in a democracy because, you know, we need, as they say, your home is your castle. Right. And uh, you need to be able to do things in private, even if they aren't illegal. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Thanks for bringing so much to us to think about and also mostly be aware of because sometimes you, unfortunately, wrong place, wrong time. I'm thinking of a story right here in London of recent. Uh, But these things happen and uh, we need to be armed with information and knowledge. Thank you. Thank you. Our Know Your Rights contributor, Danielle McLaughlin, talking about the right to be free from unreasonable search and seizure. We'll take a look at what's coming up tomorrow on Now with Dave Brown. We'll peek at our show and have a little conversation after this right here on Kelly and Company.